Welcome to St. Mungo's Podcast for the Magically Deprived, where you can get your weekly Potter fix. We will be discussing the Harry Potter series chapter by chapter. If you've read the books previously or are just starting the series for the first time, we hope you enjoy this journey through Harry's adventures at Hogwarts and beyond. Please be aware that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may at times reference future events, people, or places. Also, there will be adult language and content. So if you have little ones listening, you may want to send them out of the room or listen at another time. Hello everyone, I'm Joe. I'm Megan. And I'm Serena. This week we will be discussing Chapter 8 of the Chamber of Secrets, The Death Day Party. Serena, will head right over to you in the Slytherin Common Room for the summary. Harry is caught dripping mud on the floor by Mr. Filch. He is taken to Filch's office and discovers Filch is not a proper wizard. After running into nearly headless Nick in the corridor, Nick invites him to his death day party, which Harry, Ron, and Hermione attend on Halloween night, along with Peeves, Moaning Myrtle, and the Headless Hunt. Leaving the party, Harry hears voices again, and following the sound with Ron and Hermione, discovers writing on the wall reading Enemies of the Air Beware, with Mr. Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris, hanging below. All right. So when Harry runs into nearly headless Nick in the beginning of the chapter, he's so upset because he was denied admittance into the headless hunt, seeing as he is not properly decapitated. So Nick, we know, is the Gryffindor ghost, and he was a member of King Henry VII's court. He was executed on October 31st, 1492. After he used magic on a lady in waiting, attempting to straighten her teeth, but he caused her to sprout tusks instead. He was struck 45 times with a blunt axe, Megan, <laughs> but it failed to sever his head completely. Poor Nick. So um, Nick reads Harry the letter that he got from the Headless Hunt that states he cannot join the hunt because he would not be able to participate in events such as horseback head juggling and head polo. Mrs. Norris interrupts our conversation and Nick tells Harry to leave because he's covered in mud from Quidditch practice and Filch is in a bad mood because he has a terrible cold and Harry doesn't move quickly enough and Filch appears with his jaws a quiver. He takes Harry to his office. Harry takes note of all the highly polished chains and manacles hanging behind Filch's desk. We talked about that before, how he yeah. wants those punishments to come back, which means at some point, they actually use those punishments. <laughs> so as Filch looks for the punishment form to fill out, Harry notices a filing cabinet full of wrongdoers offenses. And Fred and George Weasley have like an entire drawer all to themselves. Of course they do. I'm surprised they don't have a whole cabinet. Right? <laughs> well, they're at this point, they're in what, third year? Oh, yeah, they're not there yet. Yeah. So they have another, well, this is the beginning of third year. So they still have like a ways to go before they uh, fill up that the cabinet. Uh, Filch starts to fill out the form and then there's a loud bang overhead and he is sure that Peeves is up to no good. So obviously this takes precedent over Harry tracking mud through the school because he's so eager to catch Peeves doing something wrong. So he leaves and once Filch is gone, Harry notices a quick spell envelope on the desk and wonders if Filch is even a proper wizard. When Filch comes back, Harry quickly puts the envelope back on his desk and Filch mentions that Peeves broke a very valuable vanishing cabinet. And this is going to be the one that Draco fixes in book six. But I realized because we were talking about it at the beginning, because there's the one in Borgen and Burr. Mm -hmm. And I thought one of them was already broken. But they no, weren't. He, no, they weren't. He It gets broken right now. Like this. But second. so when Harry was hiding in it. Right now. <laughs> 
when Harry was hiding in it at Morgan and Burke's, if he had closed it all the way, he would have ended up in Hogwarts. He would have. That's why, because I was like, well, it was already broken. That's why that didn't happen. But he, if he just closed it all the way, he would have popped up. I'm wondering where in Hogwarts was the cabinet before Peeves knocked it over? Because I don't think it was in the room of requirement. No, I don't know. It was on the floor above. So I guess just in either in a classroom or in the hallway. Because when Draco fixes it, it's in the room of requirement. Or I wonder if after it was broken. I say they probably put it in the room of requirement once it got broken. Yeah. Yeah, But was it just sitting around before? Because if someone went in it, they would have ended up in board. Can you imagine? And the kids could like sneak out of school at any time. Yeah. Even though Harry does that all the time anyways. Like a teacher's office or something like that. Um. Yeah, it doesn't because it doesn't actually say where it was. It just says that it was overhead, right? There you go. Okay, so uh, Filch notices that the envelope that he left, the quick spell envelope, is not quite where he left it. And he questions if Harry read the content. Um, And of course, Harry's a big fat liar and says no. But Filch is still uneasy and he rushes Harry out without even giving him a punishment. So when Harry runs into Nick again, Nick tells him that he talked Peeves into dropping the cabinet to distract Filch. And as a repayment, Harry reluctantly agrees to go to Nick's 500th death day party. So on Halloween, Harry, Ron, and Hermione go to Nick's party instead of the school feast. And I never gave thought to um, like the ghosts having friends because it says that there were hundreds of ghosts in attendance. Where did they come from? Like, and how did he invite them? Because I know there's more ghosts in the castle than what we actually hear of because when i first started reading the books i thought it was just like the four house ghosts and peeves but apparently there's ghosts all over the castle well i don't know say where one of them came from he said someone's gonna be there all the way from this place oh yeah so does he like send out party invitations i would assume he does yeah and the headless hunt sent him a letter so i guess they can i was just gonna say that um how do they write like they can they Oh, they no, but Peeves is different because Peeves is a poltergeist. So him pushing the cabinet, he's different than the ghost. How do the ghost write letters? How do they write anything? Maybe they get like someone to write it uh, out for them. You know what? Nick know. got Colin to write out all his invitations for him. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's like, Potter, I know Potter. Him and I are good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Help me out a little bit. I'll hook you up. Okay, so um, Hermione tries to hide from Moaning Myrtle, who's also at the party. And I think this is our first mention of um, Moaning Myrtle, is it? Yeah. Um, And she haunts a first floor washroom. And Moaning Myrtle is a Ravenclaw, in case nobody knew that. Uh, Peeves shows up. He calls Myrtle over and he tells her that Hermione was talking about her. And of course, Hermione tries to cover it up. But Myrtle doesn't believe her. And she starts crying and wailing. And then she swoops away upset. And of course, Peeves chase after her, hurling peanuts at her. What a dick. <laughs> he is. He's terrible. He's such a dick. I really wish they would have left him in the movies. Like, I don't know. In the books, he's really funny. I wish they would have left it in. I think it would have added to the movies. So as poor Nick prepares for his speech, the Headless Hunt shows up and Sir Patrick Delaney Podmore, who is the head of the Headless Hunt, teases Nick about not being properly headless. And as Nick tries to as Nick tries to make his speech, the Headless Hunt start a game of head hockey and no one pays attention to him. The trio decides to leave and as they're heading up the stairs, Harry once again hears this disembodied voice that he heard during his detention with Lockhart. 
Ron and Hermione can't hear anything, and of course Harry thinks it's a great idea to follow the voice. They end up in a corridor and notice that there's something on the wall that says the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. Then they see a stiff Mrs. Norris hanging from the torch bracket by her tail. So I have questions. How did she get on the torch bracket? Because one of two things happened. She was either up there already and got petrified, or she got petrified and somebody hung her there. But if they hung her there, because she's hanging by her tail. So if she was petrified up there herself, was she just dangling there by her tail, like having a good time? But if she was petrified after the fact and they hung her by her tail, how? Because if you're petrified, you're like stiff. How did they tie her tail? Maybe her tail was like in a hook when she was petrified. (laughs) Yeah, I'm imagining. So conveniently sitting with her tail wrapped and then she got petrified and like fell yeah her tail was already wrapped around Uh, it the only explanation that i have because i'm really because now that we're doing this read through and doing this i'm like as i'm reading through i like trying to picture these things so i'm like she's hanging by the torch bracket how did she get there but yeah i guess if she's just chilling there on the bracket and her tail's like hooked around it and then she just slid off she's hanging Because like when I read it all these years, I just assumed she got petrified. Whoever petrified her hung her up there as like a, you know, people in the old days, they used to hang people from the trees. So other people would go, oh, let's not go here. I had assumed somebody hung her there. But then I'm like, if she's petrified, how did they get her tail? Well, also who would have, or I guess maybe maybe Ginny would have done it. Because like the basilisk can't hang her. No. Well, Ginny, yeah, Ginny does all the, the bidding, so she would have had to do it. But how? But I but like there, that yeah, idea. There's no way. Jenny wouldn't have been able to Jenny, reach Jenny it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She wouldn't have been able to reach it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with that. She was sitting there. Her tail was wrapped around the torch. She looked, got petrified, and they're just tipped off and was already secured by her tail. All right. So they try to leave the scene before anybody catches them, but too late. Everyone starts piling into the corridor. Draco doesn't seem phased at all by this entire scene, and he actually seems quite pleased. He reads the wall, and he says, you'll be next, mudbloods. And that was another thing I was wondering. Why would Draco be pleased? Is it just because he likes to see, like, the mayhem? Or do you think that Lucius actually told him that something was going to happen, so he's, like, been waiting for this to happen? Lucius definitely told him because Dubby knew also that they were planning something, right? So they've been talking about it in the manor. And I don't know if you guys have anything else. That's like the end of my notes already. That was fast. Because basically this chapter, they're just at the death day party. This chapter wasn't super long and neither is the next one. I find these chapters in this book, they just seem to be like contained to one. Like they're either in the classroom, the whole chapter, at the death day party for the whole chat. You know what I mean? There's like one, maybe two events that happen. Yeah. So this was basically the party. And I think this was really just an excuse to get Harry, Ron, Hermione off on their own so that they would end up in the corridor and then they get blamed for everything that's going on. And like, Draco's such such a creep grinning at the sight of this cat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they say he's pleased about it. And yeah. I'm like, because if he knew nothing, he would walk in. He'd be, even if after he thought about it, he'd be happy. At the moment, you'd think he'd be like shocked to see the scene yeah. before him, but he wasn't shocked at all. I wonder if he thinks he's the heir of Slytherin. Well, I know everybody else thinks he is, but I don't know if he actually thinks he is because somebody already did that. He knows he didn't do it. 
That's true. Like he didn't petrify Mrs. Norris. He didn't write on the wall. So he knows that somebody else is doing yeah, that's it. True. That's true. And I'm sure he's happy because he's just ready to support them. But I I would still think that his initial reaction would be to be like, at least surprised at the scene. Like, oh, what's yeah. going on here? But he's not shocked at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. All right. So, Megan, we will head over to you in the Hufflepuff common room for Would You Rather. Today's Would You Rather question is, would you rather attend a death day party or help Lockhart reply to his fan mail? I need to think about this one. I'm saying fan mail. You said fan mail? Mm-hmm. <sighs> My inclination is to go to the death day party because I think it would be really interesting, like those old ghosts, the stories they would have. But obviously what I'm thinking, it's a room full of ghosts. It must be very cold. Cold, like <laughs> that smell of rotting dead fish. Yeah. yeah, like there's the food. I feel like Walker might have some snacks lying around, you know. <laughs> this is a hard one for me because I feel like I would rather be at the death day party because... The death day party, at least you can leave whenever you want. Lockhart, you're stuck there for apparently four hours or more. (laughs) (laughs) You could just wear a sweater, you know. That's what I'm thinking. I'd have to dress appropriately. But the other problem is, is I have a very strong sense of smell. So what if you just become a mouth breather for the night? Yeah, I would have to. Oh no! I just, but they I just, it so strong that they can almost taste it when they go through it. So oh my you god! Probably that's, taste it if you that's breath. horrible. Well, yeah, but I still think I'm going to go to the death day party. I want to hear what these ghosties have to say. I think Meg, did you say yours? Because I don't want to. No, I'm <laughs> I in- continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, no, I'm going to the death day party as well. Any particular oh. reason? Yeah, I don't want to deal with him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Serena, did you say why you would rather? Yeah, she said fan. she'd have some snacks laying around. Oh. I don't know. The death day party just doesn't seem fun. The music sucks. There's no food. It's cold. It's cold. Like, why do I want to be there? Oh, it's actually. Fun. And they said the music sounds like somebody scratching their nails on the chalkboard. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no my God. Part of that I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, you guys are making it sound really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> I want to talk to the ghosts without all the extra. Okay, you know yeah, what? Yeah, that was my thought, too. Like, I think it would be cool to talk to the ghosts, but... Yeah, I'll talk to the ghosts another time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to switch over to, <laughs> to <laughs> this Unanimous. Is, yes, unanimous. Yeah. It's not a good party. Yeah. No. no. Okay, Megan, give All us right. our homework for next week, please. Homework for next week is to read Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, leaving us a rating and review would be awesome. And maybe mention us to all of your Potter friends. That brings us to the end of this episode. Join us next week as we continue reading through the Harry Potter series. You can send any questions, comments, or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast.